Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Morgan and myself, Steve Peters, made it back from the ice den in North Scottsdale where we watched the rookie tournament yesterday. They hit the ice yesterday for the first time. And we are in the brand new GOAT studio named <laughs> after Diana Tarazi. And uh, so far, so good. Yeah. This no, will, no Leah Merrill here to No help Leah Merrill. Again, this will be the inaugural <laughs> PHNX Coyotes podcast from the GOAT studio. And as always, the Coyotes podcast is brought to you by the one and only DraftKings Sportsbook app. America's top-rated sportsbook app. Don't forget to hit that like button. Subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast. Please give us some thumbs up and follow us. And it's a special Thursday today, again, without Leah. So I have to do the heavy lifting, and that's always hard for me. So I'm going to turn it over to Craig to welcome in today's special guest. Yeah, and we are very pleased to be joined today by Coyote's president and CEO, Javier Gutierrez. Javier, thank you so much for being with us. Uh, I'll, I'll start there. No, thank you, guys. Uh, always a pleasure to talk to you. Ran into you yesterday at the ice den. I'm sure we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that. And uh, <laughs> I, I always appreciate you guys inviting me to come on and, uh, you know, really talk about the, the club and the team. And uh, one of these days, I may even uh, take you up on the offer to, to sit there in, uh, in the Yotes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So I'll call it the Yotes Lounge, but uh, <laughs> yeah, we will too as soon as the season starts for sure, Javier. Well, welcome. Thanks, thanks for coming on board. Yeah, and, and by the way, we do have an open seat for yeah, you. I want to want to point that out. As long as we're bringing up the fact that we ran into you yesterday at the ice stand, I think Petey had a question for you about that in particular. Yeah, I tell you what, and it was it was. I know that the Coyotes had a luncheon, and you can tell us about that that you had at the ice stand. But I've been around this organization for a very long time, and I tell you what. Javier is the sharpest dresser in the history of this franchise. <laughs> I don't know how you put yourself together, but you are always immaculately dressed. That suit is sharp and pressed, and you look fantastic. Can you tell us what you had going on at the ice den yesterday? Oh, Peter, you're too much. Thank you so much. My <laughs> wife, Jerrica, is going to love you. You know, she doesn't let me leave the house. I <laughs> and uh, I think I've been wearing one for almost 30 years of my career. So uh, uh, yesterday was really special. It was the kickoff of our Hispanic Heritage Month celebration. Uh, but as I often like to say, it's, it's not something that we do just for a month. This is, uh, this is a, a community that we have uh, very much uh, in our thoughts uh, constantly, uh, given its importance uh, to the Valley, it's uh, the growth cohort. You know, I talk a lot about, you know, uh, eight to 13 year olds uh, are typically, that's when you, you create your fandom of your teams. And, 
if you ask yourself, what do eight to 13 year olds look like uh, in, in the Valley? And uh, I believe it's three out of five are, are young Latinos. And so it's, it's definitely core to our business plan. Uh, we invited community leaders, business leaders, uh, you know, folks from the organization, uh, our corporate partners, and uh, we had a great celebration there at the ice stand. We had a mariachi, we had food, and then we celebrated also the businesses that we're going to highlight throughout the year in our Estrella of the Month uh, program with Univision. We also announced. Uh oh, this happens. We'll be okay. We'll get we'll get Javier back as quick as we can. Um, internet problems they happen, and. Um, um, I guess we'll, we'll sit and hold tight and wait yeah, for Javier to come yeah, back. I'm sure he'll call right back uh, and hop on. In the meantime, let's talk about the ice den yesterday and what we did. Yeah, it was uh, the start of, well, it was a rookie practice before they head up to San Jose and take part in the rookie faceoff, which has now become a regular occurrence, an annual occurrence for teams in the West. Uh, we talked about this on the, the podcast yesterday, but uh, it's a good thing. It's a chance mostly for scouts to evaluate yeah. uh, a number of prospects in, in their own peer group, right? So you get a sense of where these guys stack up against their peers. Yeah, and that's the question we got from people later after we left is, well, who looked good? I, I, buddy, they haven't skated together ever. So I don't know who looked good. But it was fun to see guys back on the ice at the ice den wearing the Coyote jersey. And it's definitely, definitely upon us, Craig. I don't know if we're ready. Are you ready? Like it's, it's every day now we're going to have to be. It's hockey. It's hockey time. It's not football time. Yeah, you know what? I... I don't know if I'm ready, PD. I, I, I like the offseason. Yeah. Can I just go out and say lie. that? I, yeah, I'm not going to lie that I, I, I like having some rest, some downtime. But there there comes a point, and I, I felt like I reached it last week, where like, what, am, what do I talk about that's not previewing the season? So uh, I think I am ready for hockey to start. Yeah, and too. it looks like we have Javier coming back on. So we'll uh, resume this interview in just a moment. But yeah, I'm, I'm ready for hockey to start. I uh, I... I just get a little bored after a while trying to uh, come up with story ideas when there's not games, there's not other things that are generating the content for you. There's only so much sort of recap or look ahead that you can do in a season. Yeah, and while we're waiting for Javier, it is still football season. And when it's football season, it's still fantasy football season. I just want to tell you about the easiest and most fun way to spice up your football season. Use the underdog fantasy and their Pick'em games. And I'll talk about the Pick'em. By the way, if you're new to any kind of sports gaming or are watching these sports, this is the easiest way to get involved. You don't have to know anything about the sports. You don't have to know who's going to win, who's going to lose. You pick your favorite or your least favorite athlete and see if they're going to be higher or lower in any of the stats that are given. So baseball players, higher or lower, how many hits they're going to get. Pitchers, how many higher or lower, how many pitch counts they're going to get. So follow along and download the Underdog Fantasies app today Craig <laughs> and it's the easiest way you can make up to 20 times your money on a simple and easy bet I've used it it's fantastically easy my wife and I that don't know much about being all fan fancy with our our sports gaming yet we've all, we both downloaded the fantasy um, underdog fantasy sportsbook app you can get in fantasy games you can do the um, higher or lower it's really easy to get involved so please go out and download that and get ready for this weekend's football games and uh, are we back no, we are not back. <laughs> Maybe the phone? Try yeah. the phone? Yeah, I, I did. So we'll, we'll see what we can get okay. done here. But Well, uh, and you, if I'm going to keep going. Yeah, you can keep going. And since we're talking about football, the other thing we got to talk about football is tickets to football games and tickets to hockey games because we're going to talk a lot about season tickets to the Coyotes coming up. And that's our newest partner is Game Time. 
GameTime is the hottest new ticketing site that makes it easier than ever to score the best deals on tickets to sports, concerts, anything last minute you need tickets. Go to GameTime first, and if you want to get to GameTime, check out the link in the show notes down below. Click that link. It helps us out. It helps GameTime out. You can find it. We talked about Leah. She's already found Coyote tickets in the 80s for the hottest ticket in town in the, in the smaller facility. So go to Game Time and download the app. Oh, go to the link in our notes. See, where the hell's Leah? Like, yeah. I need Leah to help me get through this stuff. You can save up to 60% on tickets when you buy tickets last minute. It's great for all the procrastinators out there. And I know I am one of them because I didn't read the show notes today. And I almost said, hi, I'm Leah Merrill. Search the App Store. Click the link in the show notes. Sign up with the promo code PHNX. And... Um, <clears throat> and uh, get going for game time and, and underdog. I'm, I'm texting with Javier right now. He's telling me they've had a major outage of Wi-Fi. Oh, well, <laughs> we'll, we'll just we'll keep going. So we've got underdog fantasy taking care of that. I'm going to get my bets in right after the show. We talked about game time so I can get tickets. If you want to get tickets to ASU, you can get tickets to the Diamondbacks. You can get tickets to the Coyotes all on game time. See the show notes down below and let's keep talking hockey. So for me, going back to the ice den yesterday, it's kind of like bittersweet at home. You're going back to my old home week. So I used to have an office in there and it's just running into all the people. And this time of year is frenetic. Did you hear that? That was multisyllabic. It's frenetic. It's impressive. Yeah, I, mean, I, I know. Um, I've been around me too long. Yeah. So you get to see all of the people, not just the players. And we first person I ran into when I walked in the door was Lee Stepniak. We talked to, to Javier in the lobby and we got to talk about Lee Stepniak and his role and his preparation for um, you know, getting ready for the rookie tournament and what his role is going to be. And all the pressure's on Lee right now. Like this department to me, the player development and scouting staff, ball's in their court right now. I know it always comes down to coaching and management, but right now the, the draft has occurred, the prospects are starting to come up. This is about Lee Stepniak. And, and ironically enough, he's on the ice yesterday. And if you saw Lee, I was there when he I had did, yeah. his whistle from equipment manager Stan Wilson. His way around a little bit. Yeah, I tell you what, I thought he looked good enough he could start playing already. But <laughs> but I, I think um, I think the pressure is on the scouting staff and, and Lee Stepniak to get this group of young players going. And I, I'm excited to see what they can do because, hey, this is the first time I've seen Dylan Gunther since last year's training camp where he, I thought he played extremely well in those training camp games. Uh, offensively, he was a, it was a talented guy that was able to score a couple goals in in, in um in the camp last year, what can he do this year after this injury? Is he going to be able to go into the corner? Is he going to be able to get pucks out? Um, I'm excited to see what he can do. Uh, so the ice stand there, I know they're skating again right now, and then they're going to go right from there to the airport and jump on a plane and head to San Jose for the tournament. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I, there's a bunch of players actually that are, you know, have been dealing with injuries. So I'm curious, uh, you know, how all of these guys can come back from this. It, some of their, they're, they're key guys like Connor Geeky or Maverick Lamoureux or, yeah. or even Julian Lutz, who I'm going to be writing about um, tomorrow. They've all dealt with injuries that they're, they've had to sort of battle through. So, you know, you just first of all, you just hope that these guys can stay healthy and, and get some quality development time because Lord knows the last few years have presented enough challenges for prospects with COVID. You don't need injuries lumped in on all of that. But we've seen it here over and over, and we're talking about veteran players. Even like you go back to OEL when he he got hurt in that severe knee injury he had going into the boards. It's when those players come back, mm-hmm. and especially from something severe, is is how were they able to retrieve the puck? I, and Clayton Keller, we're going to get into the you know the injuries that they had on the big club. Fish yeah. had a big injury. Kraus Keller, like there were so many players that had big injuries. That's what are they going to be like? The first time the puck drops, are they going to be able to go in the corner? Are they going to be able to retrieve the pucks? And I think those questions will get answered as we go along, both not only in rookie camp, but in training camp. 
So I think that's going to be one of the biggest questions that this club is going to have to answer early. And I know we had some tef- technical difficulties back at the offices of the Arizona Coyotes, and Javier is back. And uh, there he is. Hey, guys. Sorry. Apparently, we're here in Scottsdale, and there was a Wi-Fi outage right down the street. Oh, so, gosh. Uh, Life happens. Came, they came running in, and they were like, no, 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 no. We can, we can figure this out. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> So my apologies. No, it's no fine. problem. It's we like, deal with stuff like that all the time here, and we just we appreciate the time. So, Craig, take it away. All right, Javier. We, we know that you got a chance to speak to Greg Wyshynski with ESPN and reveal some information about ticket sales that was probably a surprise to the national audience, but much of it you had been predicting all along and telling us all along was probably going to be the case. So... With much of the uh, with with uh, single tickets having gone on sale earlier this week, can you give us a sense of how ticket sales are shaping up right now from Mullet Arena? Sure. Uh, well, I appreciate that, and uh, you you are right. I think it was a surprise to those that are not here in the Valley when uh, they look up and they realize this is a hockey town, and not only do we have this incredibly rabid you know fan base, but we know that uh, going to Tempe, going to what will be the most unique environment in all of the NHL in which literally every seat will be the closest you've ever been uh, to an NHL, you know, ice rink. Uh, it's just it's just uh, an overwhelmingly, you know, positive development for us. Um, ticket sales have been going incredibly well. And, and as we said, the, the challenge for us wasn't going to be ticket sales. It was going to be how do we accommodate both this rabid fan base as well as begin to uh, invite uh, the fans in waiting, right? So the young people uh, on the campus there at ASU, the folks all over the East Valley that, quite frankly, uh, we haven't been able to connect with uh, for many years as much as we'd want to. Uh, do the, the location challenges that we had faced. And so, you know, for us, um, not only the numbers, uh, the dollars, uh, but uh, the fervor around uh, around ticket sales have been fantastic. Now, we did go on single game uh, in large part because we held back. I'll give you a perfect example. We, we, hadn't, we hadn't sold any corporate groups, right? Typically, groups is a major opportunity, and we hadn't done that because we wanted to first go to all of our plans. And I'll just give you, you know, top line numbers. We, we're at over 2,200 planned uh, sales that have happened. At this time last year, we were at 1,200, right? At this time last year, we were at uh, under $4 million. Now we're at $16.5 million on plans by themselves, just to give mm. you some sense of magnitude. And, uh, you know, much has been said, oh, well, you know, you guys have raised your ticket prices. And I keep going back to it. I said, we were well below the standards, number one, right? The averages of where the NHL, where it should be. And yes, we are repricing and we are, re, you know, kind of repositioning to the market. Um, but I, I often tell people, listen, what you're in a lower bowl seat. Every seat you're at, you're in a lower bowl seat. You're in a club suite every seat that you're at. What do you think that looks like, right? You know, I, 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 had, um, I had my staff just kind of look up. So comparable glass seats for Columbus, $645. For us, $550, right? Minnesota glass seats, right? Hockey hockey state, right? Uh, you're looking at $558. We are at $556. Center ice seats at Vegas, $475, $360 for us, including F&B in ours. It is just now repricing to what an NHL 
ticket should have always been. And for us, now that you are in, again, a brand new facility that is state of the art because we've invested almost $25 million to make it state of the art, um, we believe very strongly that we're now repositioning the team to where it should have always been in terms of the NHL uh, price points that exist out there. And, and we understand, listen, people got very used to a certain price uh, you know, expectation in, over in, uh, in Glendale, uh, but for us, you know, we, we don't feel like we're doing anything that's out of market. We don't think that it's anything that's inappropriate. And again, it's new, you're close, and it's going to be a unique environment that I, we know people want to be a part of. All right. I, I want to talk a little bit more about uh, your revenue projections from ticket sales alone. I, be, I believe you cited a percentage increase to Greg. I'll, I'll ask you to recite that when you answer this. But you told us previously, as I mentioned at the top, you expected to generate more revenue from ticket sales at this arena than you did Gila River Arena based on the price point alone. Um, are the numbers in line with your projection? Have they surpassed what you expected? No, they are in line. And I think another thing, and, and, and this is what's going to happen. So obviously, I'm going to see you guys at the first homestand, right, starting on October 28th. A lot of folks are taking a wait and see, right? I, I'll give you the best example of what I mean. We just toured one of our corporate partners who's come in, you know, bought not only a Swede, but bought loges. And they brought about 20 people, right? And they're more of a business to business, uh, you know, corporate partner their eyes popped out when they actually experienced Mullet Arena for the first time. I think there is this expectation that is they're blown away by when they actually see it. Uh, you know, when you hear smaller facility, they're thinking, well, maybe it's not as built out, maybe it's not as, as nice. It's far from that. It's, it's actually well beyond that. And so we knew that there was going to be a ramp up, right? People were going to have to actually see it, experience it, be a part of it. Um, uh, in order to, I think, really welcome it. But so we're, we're too short to, to get to your point, uh, Craig. We're well in line of what we thought. We think that towards the latter half of the season, it'll actually continue to accelerate and, and go beyond our expectations as people start experiencing what hockey there on that campus with all, every, all the excitement and entertainment that we want to bring to the game day experience. Javier, we talked about the season ticket holders. What's that transition been like for season ticket holders that were at Gila River and Glendale? And how has their transition been to the new Mullet Arena on the SU campus? Well, I start with the fact that we've had just this incredible support here for so many years from these uh, just amazing fans. Uh, we've had at least 50% of all of our season ticket members uh, renew already. And, and many of them have uh, actually gone not necessarily to season tickets, but to plans, right? So they've gone to the, the five games. So you have 50% renewals on, on season tickets for the full plans. And then you have those that have said, well, maybe I can do 41 games. I'm going to go down to the 15 to the 10. So in total, we've seen renewal closer to the 60 to 70 range of our existing season ticket members, which we expected, right? We knew that maybe some of them um, you know, actually our fans that are closer to the West Valley now have the opposite problem, right? That they're coming in uh, uh, to, uh, to Tempe. So we, we anticipated that. And then, as I mentioned, we, we've held back quite a bit and, and we wanted to hold back. We hadn't had any corporate uh, group sales. We didn't do any season ticket, I mean, uh, rather single games until just this week, as you all know. So for us, we knew this was going to be how, how it, uh, the plan was going to play itself out. And then again, 
uh, people want to see it. You, you know how it works. I mean, we're going to be on ESPN Plus and Hulu Plus October 28th. We have incredible plans to to really make it a show and to make it an experience. And I think once people see that, they're going to say, hey, we want to be a part of that. I'm not sure how many details you can provide on this, but can you give us a general sense of what percentage of these ticket packages sold were full packages versus partials to, you know, try and make it more inclusive for people, either through cost or satisfying all those requests you mentioned in a much smaller venue? Yeah, no, we definitely, I don't want to get into, you know, percentage and numbers and what have you, but I do want to let you know that we were very mindful of that. And we, we told you guys, it started with the fact that, you know, from day one, we knew we were going to have a 400, uh, you know, uh, student section, right? At least 400 a game. We knew that we were going to have standing room that were going to be priced at a at a lower price point from from day one. So you're right there, you're talking about 700 seats right away that we knew were going to be priced in a much more affordable sense. Um, and then for us, you know, we did give people flexibility. We had a lot of folks that that had been at full plans, and we said, why don't you think about partial plans? And for us, the double whammy is not only did we retain uh, the, those loyal fans, uh, but it allowed us to also now, you know, introduce to, to new folks. And I got to tell you, um, you know, we, we still have over 60, 65% of our fan base coming from the, the East Valley. And okay. then when you add Central Valley, you're closer to to eighty, you know, eighty five percent, right? So the cent, the you know, Central Phoenix rather, um, and so for us, it was always aligned with what we thought was going to be the the makeup of this, and and we tried to accommodate, as you know, you know, we we had sort of this three. Uh, factor process for our season ticket members, years of tenure, you know, lifetime spend, and uh, and their post-pandemic spend as well, you know, recency in terms of, of supporting us. And those were the three factors when we came to allotting and allocating. Uh, we had always thought it would be about 2,500 to 2,700 uh, in terms of, you know, sort of the plans that we wanted because we still wanted to have day of game of around 500 or so to, to allow for for individuals, and that's not even counting the the student section that we would have. You've answered a, a handful of my follow-up questions on, on this topic, but I wanted to ask you specifically, when you're trying to figure out how to manage a much smaller arena, what do those meetings look like? What How creative did you have to get to figure out how to include as many people as possible or reach as many people as possible? Well, you know, the conversations in particular when you're talking to corporate partners, right, who are used to significant hospitality, that's a major part of why uh, they, they make this type of investment and commitment to, uh, to teams like us. Uh, those are the conversations that you have to, you know, make sure you are being very mindful of their needs. We've always seen ourselves as a value-add partner to our business and corporate sponsors, uh, but you're also walking them through actually why it's good for them to maybe take a loge rather than a full suite or to take, you know, a suite of, of single game tickets um, because of the experience, right? You want to have this, this amazing experience. You want to create, uh, you know, not only for the near term, but for the long term, a really committed new uh, fan uh, in waiting and, and to have them come and be a part of what you're doing. And then it behooves all of us to really have the opportunity to have that experience but listen we've always all uh, our approach has always been being very transparent and being very honest and say we are here these are the, the the challenges that we're seeking to meet here's the way we'd like to meet them and we'll be a part of that 
you talk about the fan in waiting and, and we know here on, on this show where we know hockey is rabbit in the valley. These fans are great hockey fans, but we also understand the capacity of this building. I mean, it, there are some limitations, whether it's financial and economic limitations or just flat out size. Have you thought about or are there plans in the future for those fans in waiting, whether it's watch parties or other ways to get involved without being able to get inside the actual mall arena? Do you have plans for those fans that want to get involved? Absolutely. I appreciate you bringing that up, PDB, because that's that's been a key part of how we wanted to manage this entire experience. There's the in-arena experience, and then there is the connectivity to the Coyotes. So all of the above that you just mentioned, uh, you know, we're talking about watch parties. We're talking about being out in the community, bringing players, bringing alumni, having more connectivity uh, to the community than we've had certainly in the last couple of years. Uh, as you guys know, we, we very much... Um, you know, wanted to be out there last year. We had open practices out at various of the rinks. We'll do that. We'll probably actually do many more of that. Uh, more later in the season, as you guys know, we'll be quite a bit on the road in the first part uh, through uh, through the first of the year. Uh, so those are the types of efforts, uh, but also activating the entire campus. One of the things we talked about was let's go ahead and utilize the other spaces around ASU, whether it be the plaza, whether it be all the hotels that have been being built, whether it be down on Mill Avenue in Tempe, we are creating relationships with a number of the those establishments to make sure that they feel a part of all of this and that our fans and, and those that uh, have maybe have never been part of a, a hockey experience can can be a part of that. So for us, it's, it's almost like D, all of the above, right? There, there is not any one thing that we know uh, will, will make up for just having more people inside a facility. Well, I'm excited about that because I'm a huge hockey fan and I, I any way we can get more people to watch the, the fastest sport on earth, we want to help do that for sure. One question just came up from one of our, our people watching the show and, and our chats about the arena and and changing the topic. Sorry to do that on you. But but at the at the old arena at Gila River, there was the den that had the merchandise, the jerseys and all of those things available. One on game nights. Will there be something similar to that where they can get involved and be a part of the, the Coyote community? And on non-game days, will there be somewhere where they can they can put on that Coyote sweater and find the Coyote merchandise in the Valley? Absolutely. And merchandise, by the way, is going to be a very big deal for us. As you guys know, it has been announced there will be a uh, part two to the Retro Reverse Jersey program. As you all know, our Retro Reverse Jersey was one of the most popular uh, jerseys in all of the NHL. It's just fantastic. And the one for this year we think is going to be uh, just as well received. Uh, we also have a uh, an announcement further down the season of a major collaboration with a fashion uh, brand that I think is going to be very, very exciting. And so merchandise is absolutely going to be another key component to connect not only with our fans, but but again, the fans in waiting, as you guys probably get sick of me saying that over and over again, but it is core to, to our business plan. Um, so to answer your question, Petey, it's gonna have, we are gonna have a location, as you know, there is no fixed uh, store uh, within Mullet Arena, uh, but as very much happens, you know, for, for football games, for Desert Financial and what have you, there's gonna be, you know, mobile uh, trailers in and around Mullet Arena. That's number one, but number two, uh, the, the folks and uh, our great partners at ASU have also allowed us uh, to, you know, put our merchandise in all of the bookstores throughout ASU. Mm -hmm. So you're actually have more of a footprint 
throughout uh, throughout the entire campus and the entire community in the vicinity. And so for us, it's really, really been a fantastic development that uh, they have been very generous with us to to allow us to do that. Um, we think it behooves them as well to continue to have that that relationship uh, with the with the professional sports team on campus. All right, you brought up Mullet Arena, and I think you and Bill Armstrong got a chance to tour it last week. So now that it's mostly complete, what are your thoughts having buzzed around that arena? Spectacular. I mean, I, I really do think. I think that's the first thing. I think people are going to show up, and, and again, maybe there's this preconceived notion that it's uh, that's kind of small, and what does that really look like? This is a brand new facility, guys, and it's 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 up to to standards of of any brand new NHL facility out there you have phenomenal views the sight lines are incredible in fact i mean we were sitting standing bill and i uh at the club level and your face is the closest to the ice and we actually are very concerned about people uh you know maybe imbibing a little bit and uh, not being aware of their surroundings (laughs) and more puck situations into the stands than i think we've ever had before uh, to the point that we looked at each other and said, we may have to put some more netting up here yeah. because it, you are actually too close, uh, in our opinion, uh, where the puck is going to be flying mm. around. And so it's, it's been phenomenal. I really, you know, our, we tip our hat to the folks at ASU for having the vision and, and, and for the great donation from the Mullet family to, to support uh, ASU hockey and then obviously for allowing us to be a part of it. And, and, and then to Alex Morello for putting up, you know, at this point, you're, you're, you're tipping well over $25 million of just on the annex and on the upgrades. Uh, and that's just now uh, we, we anticipate actually even more, not to mention what we've done with buying a player's training facility and moving our hockey and business offices. So, you know, you're talking about a significant financial commitment uh, from Alex Morello. Javier, what's the state of uh, the ongoing construction of the annex at Mullet Arena, which will house the team areas for both the Coyotes and the visiting team? Yep. Um, Well, the the state is that it's very much uh, in line with what we thought it would be. Um, You know, obviously the arena is uh, is definitely uh, there moving along. And I believe they're going to have an event on October 10th. Uh, as a grand opening that, that I just I think I recently received information about that our annex we knew was always going to be closer to uh, the December time frame uh, by all accounts we have been told that that's uh, that's still on track um, but as you guys know we did have some supply chain issues due to the pandemic that really slowed things down uh, that were outside of our control to dive into a little further um, you had, you had talked about this when I spoke to you a while back about the potential for corporate sponsorships and other ancillary revenue at Mullen Arena. Can you just sort of give us an update of the state of things there? Sure. Well, you know, we, we wanted to make it very clear that we would absolutely have corporate partners that we're going to have activation and we're going to have presence. Um, but but it, but there were going to be some caveats. You know, we obviously were not going to have uh, a naming rights opportunity and all of the corporate sort of branding was going to have to be only day of game. Uh, but uh, but we, you know, I, I don't want to ruin who it is, but we're going to have a major uh, corporate partnership announcement coming up on the on the 22nd that I think proves and shows 
uh, what we always knew, which was that this was going to be an experience and, and an opportunity that many uh, of our existing and new corporate partners were going to be a, uh, a part of. And so we're excited. Uh, you know, we're, we're well on our way to meeting the goals that we had for being there on the corporate partnership side. And we also know, again, as people experience uh, Mullet Arena and experience a game and the type of uh, sort of in-game experience that we are, are looking to have, um, that uh, that we anticipate even more corporate partners coming online. Javier, I'm sure you can't give us specifics for the same reason that the Tempe City Council is not speaking on this right now, but general terms, how are you feeling about the state of arena negotiations with the city of Tempe? Yeah, no, you are correct. You know, we've always been very respectful that uh, this is not a process that we're leading. You know, this is a process that obviously the city uh, is is doing exactly what it needs to be doing to ensure that it is comfortable, uh, that what we've proposed is exactly the right thing for uh, the city, its taxpayers and its and its uh, residents. Uh, we feel very confident. You know, we've had some great conversations with the city staff. Um, I think we have made some uh, some changes that have only continued to benefit uh, the city uh, that would be that will become public once uh, we move forward. We still remain very confident that we're moving towards a decision uh, before the city council sometime in the next uh, you know sixty to ninety days, which is what we'd always uh, thought. You know, October November uh, you know time frame was the one that we had always been given a a, a sort of pathway towards. And so we remain very confident. What we are also doing, as you know quite well, is we're getting out into the community. We're getting people informed and we're getting them, you know, to understand that uh, this is a, a, a transformative uh, proposal that we put together, an ability to take a landfill and turn it into a landmark. And, uh, and by the way, we're willing to pay for it all. It's, it would be, again, the first privately financed sports and entertainment district in uh, the history of Arizona. And uh, we're excited about it. I, I got to talk to you about a, a segment we have on our show <laughs> that we call the Wheel of Fantasy. And what yeah. we do is we look into the future and we try to predict what's going to happen in the future. My question to you, one, are you looking forward to the day when you don't have to talk about an arena deal? And more importantly, what does the future look like? What does it look like five years from now when you're sitting at this desk talking to us, if, if we haven't retired yet, but what does it look like five been, years from now? What's fired. the future look like? Let's spin the wheel of fantasy. Yeah, well, you, you are correct that we look forward to the day when we're not just talking about the proposed uh, sports and entertainment district, but we're actually there, that we're sitting, that we're in our headquarters, that we're in our practice facility, that we're in, uh, you know, watching games in uh, what would be a state-of-the-art and, and best-in-class, uh, you know, hockey facility. Um, and so we, we very much look forward to that. And, and, you know, we can talk about the, the team as well. We very much look forward to this foundation that we are building with incredibly young uh, talented uh, players that are positioning us for a sustained uh, level of excellence and winning and, and, and a constant, uh, you know, uh, team in the playoffs and, and in contention uh, for a Stanley Cup and obviously winning a Stanley Cup. So that that's what we envision. Um, and, you know, for, for me, I, I think, uh, again, I, I took this role on because of the opportunity that sports gives you to make an impact and uh, the ability to do something as transformative as build a urban redevelopment project in the main and main of the entire state anchored by a state-of-the-art new home for the Coyotes. We know that that, that is just going to be uh, phenomenal. I actually, 
I hope that we can have a, a, a little area to have a, a, a studio where you guys will be sitting there, maybe retired, maybe not, but, uh, <laughs> but having you there and uh, us opining about, you know, our deep uh, run to, to win a Stanley Cup. That, that's what I hope for. We, we had uh, spoken about this already, um, but wanted to follow up on something that, uh, again, created a lot of waves. Uh, Shane Doan's continuing role with the organization. Can you address that? Hey, by the yeah. way, before you, before you answer, I will say that's another thing that happened at the ice den yesterday. So and we ran into Javier in the lobby, but we also ran into Shane Doan. Coyote legend Shane Doan, who was at the rink watching hockey. And don't worry, he was there. So I, we wanted to make sure we, we brought up Shane because he is such an important part of this community. And there's a lot of rumors swirling around out there. And we wanted to give you the opportunity to just update us on what's going on. Yeah, you know, I, I, I don't exactly know how this spun out of, of control because uh, Shane is and, and continues and, and will continue to be a, a part of this organization. You know, as I made a, a, an official statement, I mean, He's an employee of the club. He's very much still engaged, involved. But as you heard from him, he has got a family that he wanted to spend some more time on. There are other opportunities, and, and you know, I don't want to speak for him, but that, that are certainly out there that we very much support him uh, being a part of. And so nothing nothing's changed. I mean, Shane was literally there because it's a part of our uh, – our Hispanic Heritage Month celebrations, we 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 got people on the ice to uh, shoot pucks into the net. You know, we put the carpets down, and and Shane was one of the the, the folks that that was greeting them to help them do that. So he's very very much a part of our organization. I talk to Shane quite often. He he is very engaged on the business operation sides, and as he himself said. He is very much a voice in our hockey decisions. When Alex Morello, uh, you know, convenes dinners with with Bill, myself, and his son, and 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 Shane is sitting there, and we're we're talking about strategic decisions of the organization on the hockey side. And so uh, I'm not quite sure exactly where where things uh, went differently because all he was saying is that he he wanted to also spend a little bit more time with his family and, and pursuing some of these other uh, hockey related opportunities, but. You know, rest assured, Shane Doan is is a part of our organization. He embodies exactly what we want to be as an organization in terms of making a difference uh, in the lives of others. And uh, he he very, very much aligned uh, not only with our present, but with our future. All right. Last question for you, Javier. We'll bring this full circle back to tickets. And this is something that I know you addressed with Greg already. It's a two-part question. First, do you expect to sell out? all these games are you expecting that and secondly i want you to take us a little inside the decision to make it a little more difficult for people outside of valley zip codes to to buy these tickets so if you could answer that we'll go ahead our expectations had always been just so to give you a sense our lowest attended game in glendale last year would have still been a sellout at mullet arena just just to give you some some comparative we, we had never had any expectation uh, of anything less and uh, again it starts with the fact that you have this incredible fan base that supported us for many many years that absolutely wants to be a part of, of our not not only this season but of our entire future so yes absolutely had never had any doubt about that um, and then um, what was the second question again <laughs> You have uh, the way you've set up uh, sales of these tickets. Uh, I think it's a little right. more difficult to buy them if you're not in a Valley zip code or an Arizona zip code. 
Well, listen, the, the reality is that we are uh, wanting to create an environment that's first and foremost for, for the coyotes and, the, and their fan base, right? And, uh, you know, one of the things we wanted to ensure is that they had priority, they had the ability. And, and uh, one of the ways we did that was through a little bit more of geo-targeting. And, uh, you know, the last thing we wanted was to be in this environment that's so incredible. And uh, because of the way that we had our process for ticket sales, that somehow uh, we wouldn't have as many opportunities for our fans and, and again the fans and waiting that we want to expose to for them to have priority and so you're right we, we did some things with our partner at Ticketmaster to ensure that it was the local residents it was the local uh, you know buyers and it was the lo- obviously our fans uh, that had uh, the ability to get here now having said that clearly we're no we're gonna have you know the snowbirds coming in and, and folks uh, from out of town who want to see this and, and experience uh, this uh, this new location. I point out to the fact that, you know, uh, there was all this critique about us going to Mullet Arena and what's the, what happens? ESPN puts us on a national game, first home game, right? <laughs> they want to see it. Everybody wants to experience this, and it's going to be even more spectacular once people do get a chance to be a part of everything and all the festivities that we're going to do. You know, we talk about our fan fest. We have some surprises on the entertainment side. This is going to be an experience that people are really going to see. It's, it's quite memorable. It's going to have a showstopper feel to it, and, and we're excited about that. Javier, thank you so much for joining us today, and we will keep the third seat warm for you. Yeah, and I can't uh, tell you, Javier, I just got to say this too. It's good to hear directly from you. Because I know the internet and Twitter and all these other, all the outside noise can can flood things. We hear from different communities and different fan bases. It's really good to get the the, the buck stops here and, and final word from you. So we appreciate you coming on and look forward to having you on again real soon. No, guys, you guys have always been so wonderful in supporting us and, and giving us the ability uh, to, you know, make sure that, that people are informed correctly. Appreciate you. I'm always, uh, you know, open to... Uh, to taking you up on, uh, on on the ability to to chat and, and maybe even sit there on that third chair. So I uh, I really appreciate you guys. Thank you so much. Thanks, Javier. Take care, guys. Well, I, I I've said it before. I said it again. Like we understand the size of the building, but I can't wait to see a game there. Yeah, Cannot wait. That's that's where I am. Actually, you asked me earlier if I'm ready for hockey, and that's kind of what I'm ready for. <laughs> Look from from a media standpoint. And I've said this before, it's going to be amazing for us. And I've talked about this with other writers, with other broadcasters. We're so close to the action. It's going to give you a much different sense of the game. For fans, it will be as well. Obviously, everyone that's going to be in the building is going to have a great sideline, a great sideline and a great seat. But for me, covering it in this arena, first of all, it's something new, right? It's it's fresh. Instead of going back to Gila River Arena again and making my 50-minute commute, if I mentioned how much I didn't like that, um, I'm looking forward to something fresh from the Coyotes. It's a new angle, so I'm really excited about it. Yeah, and for me, it's it's Javier mentioned it. It's the, that ESPN Plus Hulu is going to be there opening night against the Winnipeg Jets. Buddy, you're gonna have to work two jobs. I know. I've already. I'm, I, <laughs> oh, buddy, um, it's going to be interesting, and I want to see yeah. what the TV sight lines are going to be, and I want to see where the camera bays are going to be, and I want to see how it's received on a national audience because they are going to be closer than ever before in in watching a game. So just like with Mikey and the new serial wait till you try it like yeah. let's stop bashing it until we actually get there 
Let's open the doors. Let's see what it's going to look like. And it's not going to be ideal game one or game two. Everybody's experimenting. Like parking is going to be a a different animal. Merchandise we heard is going to be different. Everything's going to be different. Let's give it some time to see how this all pans out. I know I will be there opening. I hope I am. (laughs) I know you will be. Yeah. (sighs) We're going to be be there opening at ASU. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. Sorry you're going to miss that. Yeah. I'll be joining the SU crew. But. Yeah, we're going to have to figure that out. But, uh, you know, we'll, we'll we'll sort that out when the time comes. But the rookie challenge. Do you, do you know anything about the TV schedule, by the way? You know, uh, you've got some info on that, I, right? I do. <laughs> and we, we sat there and we pumped you yesterday saying, absolutely, you're going to be able to stream it. And we're going to be able to watch these games. And there's been little hiccups. And again, this, is, this isn't a big national broadcast opportunity for, for people trying to get into this. There have been a few hiccups technically. In San Jose, uh, mm. I spoke with Coyotes PR this morning. They're in contact with the league, and they're in contact with the San Jose Sharks people. They are working on it diligently. Right now, there is no update. They're still hoping to have all of these <laughs> games broadcast, streamed somewhere. Somehow, I know Bob Heathouse. I talked to him on the drive-in. He is getting on a plane after the, the rookie skate today. He is planning to go call these games. Um, so the hope is that they will still have a home to broadcast these games and stream these games. Somehow we just don't have any more details. I promise the second we have them, we will be tweeting them out because we want everybody to get the opportunity to watch these games. Uh, you know, anybody wants to see, uh, the Connor geeky and Dylan Gunther and see these guys play. We will give you the information when we have it. Um, as of right now, there is nothing solid. Yeah. I want to get back to Javier for a minute because, uh, you know, you never know how much additional information you're going to get, how granular it's going to get. But right off the top, he gave us a much deeper look into what the, the ticket sales look like for this building. And, and listen, I, I think with the national audience that doesn't necessarily pay attention to what's happening on a daily basis with the Coyotes, again, some of this was a surprise, but... I think there's a certain segment of that audience that isn't going to believe that it's going to sell out. They're going to have people in the stands until it actually happens. So we're going to have to get to those games. And look, the stands are full. Of course, they're full because there's only, you know, there's less than 5,000 seats here. But that's again, let's let's get to the arena. Let's see what it looks like when they finally play games there. What's your over under on 4,800? On 4,800 fans? Fans. Game one. Because it's not going to be 5,000. We already talked about this before. What's your over-under? I got to believe they're selling out there that you. game. So think? where else can we talk about overs and unders, Craig? <laughs> oh, look at your segues. <laughs> the DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's number one rated sportsbook app. And this weekend is NFL Week 2. Game tonight, by the way. PD, did you just text me saying, Chargers Chiefs who needs tonight. Leah? Yeah, I know. Chargers Chiefs, wow. who needs Leah? Like, really, wow. I got this. Chargers Chiefs tonight. And if you didn't see Mahomes last weekend... Buddy, over all day long. <laughs> that Chiefs team. Whew, oh, buddy. I think and a lot of people so, got in this market in particular know, got a lot more Cardinals, than they wanted to see of Patrick Mahomes. We'll so. see if the Cardinals issues were Chief related or Cardinal related. And we'll see that this weekend. So right now, new customers can bet just $5 and get $200 in free bets instantly. Plus, everyone can experience the thrill of DraftKings early win promotion where you can bet on any NFL team to win. And if they get ahead by 10 points... At any point during the game, even if they lose, you get paid instantly. (laughs) It's simple. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today. Use promo code PHNX. That's promo code PHNX on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. Please, she, 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 please see our show notes for details. And I have to say, my DraftKings Sportsbook app took a little bit of a break over the summer. 
but it is getting hammered in football season. I cannot wait for Saturday because college football season is here and I am going all in against the Iowa Hawkeyes, just letting you know, because my wife's got Iowa connections and they are struggling. So everything against the Hawkeyes, sorry, Hawkeye fans. It's just the smart way to go. And I can't wait for the Cardinals, the Chiefs, and my hometown Vikings. Who are you relying on for your advice? The, our producer right here, Sean well, Claus. I will say this before we move on, that I did go to Anthony Totri's Lock of the Week. And not, came, I won't be Anthony. came unlocked? Will not be answered, <laughs> asking Anthony Totri for oh, his. Totri. You should have known better to begin with. Totri was never the. It, ironically, Totri is about to be on bet, so I would go watch it at twelve and fade everything he does. Um, but <laughs> yeah, like, no, is he I, on bets uh, today? Yeah, he is on bets today. Okay. Shane is off today, so it's 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 Totri See, he gets a better and Johnny. Better record than I do because I, I stunk on bets. Yeah, I would just I would stick to following me and Shane specifically. Well, and we're since we're talking about football too this Sunday. The 18th at 1230, you can go down to Four Peaks on 8th Street in Tempe for a watch party. And if you haven't been to Four Peaks and we do our shows the last Wednesday of every month, we go down to Four Peaks and Craig's got his Four Peaks water. Seriously, we have a fridge full of beer, buddy. There's no rule against it here. Well, you know, when you're talking to the president and CEO, you 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 forego the beer for a little while. If I could reach it right now, I would be hitting the kilt lifter. So the fridge is too far away. It's, it's right there. It's literally, literally right there, but I can't get up because <laughs> it's the middle of the show. But go to Four Peaks, Sunday the 18th, Cardinals Watch Party. Enjoy drink specials, Cardinal ticket giveaways, and no joke, a 220-inch screen experience. Absolutely. You talk about big screen? I was there. I saw it. Massive yeah. screen. So if you want to watch the Cardinal, root the, Card- root the Cardinals on with the PHNX crew, uh, go down to the 8th Street hub uh four peaks in tempe check out the link in the description you must be 21 or older to enjoy four peaks beer enjoy responsibly you don't have to be 21 or older to go and get the chicken tendies the elite electric chicken tendies at the four peaks pub on 8th street gerald had these uh egg rolls the last time and i have not tried those yet so i gotta try those yeah as well. i'm sticking with what i know the, the chicken tenders are stick with, stick world with class but you know i, I feel like and i should I, branch I, out at some point i am so disappointed and because I, I was so stressed without at leah merrill here again wait i don't know how many, like seriously buddy what's her work to work to rest ratio like it's <laughs> rookie it camp is. and i know you're supposed to have a work to is. rest ratio what is this oh leah harry styles for three days plus mm-hmm. a weekend now this yeah, did, you know, it wasn't on the uh, Steve Potvin interview either, I might add. So it just, you know, I don't know. I, I don't know. because mm. So who is beer? I would have been beer if I wouldn't have been so stressed out about the show. I would have been prepared and had a beer. So tomorrow we'll be back here tomorrow and I won't be as stressed out so I can have a beer tomorrow's show. Craig, do you have any thoughts? We talked about the rookie camp and all of the rookies are in town. They skated yesterday. They skated today. They're getting on a plane to go to San Jose. We've talked to head coach uh, of the Tucson Roadrunner, Steve Potvin, about this group. Do you have any tidbits, notes, or anything that happened at the Ice Den yesterday about rookie camp? Yeah, not not so much toward rookie camp, more so for the Coyotes main roster. I got a chance to chat with uh, general manager Bill Armstrong and can update people on a a few issues that are still sort of outstanding, some some housekeeping. Um, First of all, Jacob Chikrin, there have been all sorts of trade rumors about him all summer, people suggesting that he's he's not going to be here for camp. Well, Bill, Bill Armstrong told me yesterday that he expects Jacob Chikrin to be at training camp and be a big part of this team this year. So all the trade rumors, all the things that we had heard 
Doesn't sound like any of that stuff's happening. Looks like Jacob Chikrin is going to be a part of the Coyotes, at least at the start of this season. We said it all along. Bill's not going to budge off his asking price. He's shown this over and over again. There have been a lot of narratives out there. Well, their asking price is ridiculous. He'll have to come down off of that. He's going to come down off of that. Well, it it hasn't happened. That's just not his track record. So Jacob Chikrin should be at, at training camp next week. Barrett Hayton remains unsigned, restricted free agent. I'm just told that those negotiations are ongoing. And, and listen, we know that nothing spurs action like a deadline. Well, training camp's a week away yeah. now. So within the next week, I'll say it. I'd, I'd still be very surprised if Barrett Hayton is not signed by then. A couple other tidbits um, that I wanted to mention as well. The goaltending situation. Um, Coyotes remain in the market for a goaltender. They'll, they'll keep their eyes open to see what's out there. But, you know, if nothing comes available... There's opportunity here, right? Kareva Melka right now is your starter. Who the backup is? We'll see. I mean, John John Gillies, maybe. Um, I, I don't think it's going to be Ivan Prozotov. You've got a few guys in rookie camp. I, I, I can't believe that this is going to be the situation that they roll with all season. But if opportunities don't pre- prevent themselves, then you may have to roll with it for a short period of time. And then the last thing, uh, I asked about Andrew Ladd because I think a lot of people are wondering if he's going to play out the last year of his contract well uh he's supposed to report next week and go through physicals and then they'll evaluate from there so and and i mentioned earlier that andrew ladd has been around although he hasn't been taking part in the skates he's been around so it looks like he's going to go through the physicals and then we'll see what happens from there yeah we talk a couple things i'll make quick comments i know you've got to go eat lunch i'm sure somewhere um barrett hayton Training camp last year to him was extremely important. Yeah. He rose and took a step forward in training camp. He needs to be at day one of training camp. A young player needs to be there. Whether it's in the video room or in the weight room or on the ice, I think it's imperative that Barrett Hayton starts day one in camp. So I hope they can get that done. The other piece that we talked about is they they signed someone to a PTO yesterday, Alex Chason, who most recently played with the Vancouver Canucks last year. Here's a guy that fits into what Bill Armstrong wants to be six foot four. He's another big player. So you got Zach Cassian, Bugstead, you've got Nick Ritchie. You're starting to see that prototypical big guy. And one thing that we've talked about that was missing this year that they had last year was Ladd, Roussel, Beagle, that veteran presence mm-hmm. in the locker room. I think Alex Chason can provide some of that that may be missing. Now it's just a PTO. So you never know. But right. this is a guy that get, got an opportunity. He went into Vancouver last year on a PTO. And he makes the team and he scores 13 goals as a PTO guy played 67 games um, in Vancouver last year. So he's a guy that I think he's got a real shot to make this team. So I, I will wait and see. He's a guy that got 20. He had 22 goals in Edmonton in 18, 19, played with Connor McDavid some that year. Um, yes, he's 31 years old and he's on the backside of his career. Understand that. But it's another veteran ex- player in the locker room that can help this development group move the ball down the field. So I I wouldn't be surprised to see him make this team out of training camp. Yep. Craig. Yes. Any new stories coming up on gophnx.com? Yeah. I I got the the chance to speak to Julian Lutz, who is a, one of the fascinating prospects for me because some, some prospects, not all of them, but some prospects that took analysts rather had told me that they thought he could have been a first round draft pick had he been, healthy in his draft year. Of course, he suffered the injury early last season. So it really hindered him and it it hindered evaluation. And you wonder about a guy like that. He still was taken in the second round by the Coyotes. So there's a lot of upside here. I got a chance to speak to him. I spoke to Bill Armstrong about him. And I 
Got a chance to spoke to a scout whose name is just becoming more and more of a household name for Coyotes fans, Teal Fowler, who was also the main eyeballs on him, the guy who also brought J.J. Mosier, Karava Melka. So some insights on what he might be able to provide down the road. That story is coming up. And then, of course, next week, training camp starts. So we'll have a look at the big storylines for the Coyotes as training camp opens. Well, and since we're talking about that and next week, the shows are still, we're going to start getting geared towards the season. But before that, can you give us a little taste of what's on the show tomorrow? Live, uh, by the way. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to that one. This is a guy that I've known for a while, actually. Pete Jensen, who is the director and senior fantasy editor at NHL.com, will be joining us. You know, you may look at the Coyotes and think, how many fantasy opportunities are with the Coyotes? Well, Pete told me there's some sneaky options on the Coyotes. So we're going to talk about the Coyotes options and probably talk league-wide tomorrow because I know a lot of you out there love fantasy. Well, and we spin the wheel here often so can't <laughs> yeah. wait for that and we've got other guests next week on the show and after i sat there and bashed leah first i want to say leah take all the time you need because we need you on the show the season's about to start so rest up before camp gets going you do an outstanding job here you work your tail off and i will be gone next week so i wanted to make sure i threw that in there i'll be gone i'll be here for the beginning of next week i've got other commitments so i'll be gone a little bit next week but go to gophnx.com to follow craig stories or any of the written content here at gophnx cover all of the major sports all the major universities here in the state of arizona if it's happening in sports and it's happening in arizona it's happening on gophnx.com you can sign up and get your first month for just 50 cents or sign up for an annual membership and get a free t-shirt from the phnx locker like i'm wearing today and craig is not some of us look professional increases. for Javier, just saying. Yeah. Go ahead. But if it happens at, in Arizona, it happens here at GoPHNX. Become a part of the family. Get in the Discord. And, you know, if you got fantasy questions, jump in the Discord, and we'll try to get them on, on the air tomorrow. But as hockey season approaches, the Discord starts bumping. So we definitely want you to be a part of this family. Follow, like, subscribe. Get on YouTube. Subscribe. Um, wherever you get your podcast. make sure you like, thumbs up, hit that button. Follow Craig. On Twitter, at Craig S. Morgan. Follow me at, at S. Peters Hockey. Leah at, at Leah Merrill. Sean DePaz, our outstanding producer, at Sean underscore DePaz. And you can follow the show at PHNX underscore Coyotes. That is it for this specialist edition of PHNX Coyotes Thursday. We're back tomorrow for another live show tomorrow. Have a good night. We'll see you tomorrow.